Welcome to Great Commission Conversations, a program where we engage in conversation with Bible-believing Christian workers who are serious about getting the gospel around the world. I'm Lee Cadenhead, an assistant pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee, and your host for this Great Commission Conversation. At the heart of Great Commission ministry is, of course, evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. There is no replacement for the one-on-one and in-person public proclamation of the gospel. Nevertheless, the Lord has provided us with a variety of tools in our missions toolbox for furthering these basic objectives, and among those tools is the medium of radio. Radio has been used to great effect over the last nearly 100 years to get the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ around the world, and in many places around the world, Radio is still being used to great effect to further the cause of missions. My guest today is Gene Sharp, a radio planting missionary and the founder of Independent Baptist Media. In today's program, Brother Sharp and I discuss the medium of radio as a means for publishing the gospel, and he tells us a little bit about how Independent Baptist Media is partnering with missionaries around the world to get good gospel programming to the masses across the radio airwaves. With that introduction, let's get into the conversation with Gene Sharp. Brother Sharp, you've described yourself as a radio planting missionary, and I want to talk to you today about the use of radio in missions. I guess that the inception of your ministry, Independent Baptist Media, and its radio outreach, which I guess is the, the staple element of the, of the work, traces back to your efforts in Papua New Guinea in 1999, if I'm not mistaken, when you helped missionary Brad Wells establish Bible FM, which was the first Christian radio station in that country. So I'm curious how you got into radio to start with, and how was this idea of helping missionaries start Christian radio stations birthed in your heart? Well, um, thank you, uh, Brother Lee. And, you know, I would just say this, that uh, our efforts in Papua New Guinea were the first overseas efforts, but God had been kind of preparing us uh, through Christian radio and and learning the ropes, um, not via university, but more via the School of Hard Knocks uh, <laughs> in in Ohio. Our uh, our home church, the Harvest Baptist Temple, uh, at that time had I think uh, we had two radio stations. We had a uh, a radio station in Clyde, Ohio, and we had a translator in Finley, Ohio. And when I um, long story short, I was called to missions, prepared four missions, was degreed in missiology from Bible college. And I, I knew God wanted me involved in missions somehow. And so I followed that. Um, but I didn't have a country and it was the weirdest thing. I, I called my pastor. I said, listen, Hey, I'm coming up on graduation. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Uh, and, <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm glad you called our radio station manager just resigned and we need you because you kind of like technical stuff. And I'm like, you know, probably not. I, I really want to be true to the calling God wants me to do. Thanks, but no thanks, but I'll pray about it. Wink, wink. Well, I, I prayed about it and I counseled with some people there at college and they said, you know, just go get some experience. It'll be really good for you. And so I, that's what I told him. I said, well, pastor, I, I, I'll come. I said, but I, I'm headed to missions and I really want to be true to what, you know, I was, in, I was a junior in high school and God called me un, undoubtedly to missions and I want to be true to that. And uh, he said, okay, come on. And so I had just a blast. Our pastor was, was so much fun to work with and, and work for. Um, he was one of those guys that would, he, he wouldn't really uh, micromanage what you did. He would just kind of let you lead the ministry. And if your ministry, your sphere of ministry, uh, if it failed or if it succeeded, it was really up to you. You got to pastor that portion of, of the work. And uh, he would get excited about things with you, though. So um, I came in and went, man, I like this this, uh, this place needs some work. He's like, yeah, it does. I'm like, he's like, what are you thinking? And I'm like, well, I got this plan, this plan or this plan. What do you think? And he's like, well, let's try this one. And so we would just, I always just had a great time. I was, um, uh, finishing the radio room. I was expanding it. We were taking things into digital. Uh, when I got there, it was all cart machines, uh, and reel to reel, uh, and cassette decks. Wow. And so we, I learned as I went, how, how this thing, these things were going together, spent a lot of time talking on the phone with salesmen and, and, you know, my face uh, in magazines, learning about what these pieces of equipment did. And, uh, I always kind of had a, a desire for those things. And that's what I'll say, you know, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I really think as you are 
walking with the Lord, delighting in the Lord, if you have things that you're desiring, uh, I think those can be uh, coming from the Lord. And that's, I think, the way it was growing up for me. I had recording studios in my in my closet. We didn't have a television uh, for my my high school years. And uh, so I, I would, my hobby was I'd, I'd record and make tapes for people and, and had a, a computer and, and which was kind of, you know, novel at that time. Uh, so all those things I think were preparing me for that. And this uh, uh, in and of itself was preparing me for what God had in the future. Amen. And so how did you get from doing local radio through your local church to this invitation to go to New Guinea and, and something that's just was brand new for you, I guess, I guess at the time? Uh, how did that materialize? Well, uh, back to the idea that I felt I wanted to be true to my calling, I, I uh, was taking a survey trip to Papua New Guinea because my basketball coaching Bible college w- had become a missionary there. Uh, Brother Dan DeLong was was there in Papua New Guinea and he needed help. And he said, Hey, come on. And, uh, so I literally had a, uh, about a month set aside that I was going to go check out Papua New Guinea. Maybe that was the place, you know, looking for God's direction. But while I was going, I was doing a little bit of research and I found out, Hey, you know, we play the Marshall family and I've heard them growing up live a couple times. And there's one of the Marshall girls is married to some guy named Brad Wells. They're missionaries in Papua New Guinea. Maybe, maybe I should meet them and, and just see, maybe we should work with them or something as well. So I just kind of had that as an idea. And <clears throat> during that time, if you've ever seen any of Brad Wells' testimonies on the, on the uh, idea of Christian radio, he was burdened about reaching his people and he was uh, praying at his prayer spot in the middle of nowhere in the jungle and he heard rock and roll music coming from a hut, uh, and he was so mad. And then all of a sudden he said, hey, that's what we need to do. And it was right during that time that he came into town, was at the missionary home where they kind of uh, uh, get supplies and stay overnight while they're in, in town. And uh, he, uh, he he somehow heard that I was coming, and we talked, and he invited me up there during on the survey trip. So uh, it was, he said, he basically said, listen, uh, I want to put a Christian radio station in. I see on your website, you guys have, and this is a very rudimentary website that one of our church members had set up back in the day in Ohio. I see that you guys have a Christian radio station. I'm looking for help putting a Christian radio station in. And I said, well, I I was actually getting ready to call you. Uh, I'm going to be there in like three weeks. And so, and I literally had never met Brad or or anything. So God really put that together. Uh, While we were there, I had my traditional survey trip, learned a lot. Lord really didn't, you know, uh, burden me about missionary as a traditional sense of missionary in Papua New Guinea. Uh, but, uh, I met with Brad, we went way out in the jungle and saw these areas where, you know, there's never been a white man and, and, you know, you can kind of see, uh, the, you know, the campfires and literally no lights at night, but you can uh, rest assured they have radio back there. Somehow, uh, people have, uh, gotten batteries and transistorized radios back there. It's exciting. Anyway, uh, when we left, he said, well, somebody has already provided kind of the core funding for this. Would you come back? I said, definitely. I'd love to. And uh, he, uh, he wrote me a check for $30,000. And I, I returned in like 10 months with, uh, I think it was 17 55-gallon Rubbermaid containers full of radio equipment. And my <laughs> wow. family. So it was my wife, my son, and 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 myself. And then while we were there, my oldest daughter was born. We were there 11 months and some change. Amazing. I, brother, I'm always amazed at what I call God's network, how you could put together that the, the Marshall family, um, had, had married in with the Wells and that they were in New Guinea and, and that the Lord would stir your heart and to, to contact him at the same time that the Lord's working in his heart about Christian radio, that these, these are things that, um, you know, you couldn't have orchestrated if you wanted to right. in terms of, of that happening on both ends. And when it comes together, you just know it's the Lord. That's a blessing. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, brother, that the, your your introduction there makes me think of several things. And there are a few things that I want to touch on. The, the way God worked in, in Brother Bradwell's heart about radio and the fact that he heard rock music of all things in the jungles of New Guinea. And then realize that that could be utilized for the furtherance of the gospel. 
Um, that's a great, that's a great illustration. I think that, um, the, of course the use of radio in missions, uh, certainly isn't a, a new development. I've read about Clarence mm-hmm. Jones and world radio missionary fellowship that, that started all the way back in the thirties. And I think of trans world radio that went on the air back in the fifties, continuing to broadcast around the world. Yeah. Um, sort of sometimes independent Baptists are, are late to the game when it comes to these technologies. And then at, at, in other ways, there's just there's a for such a time as this moment where different people get involved in different fields to meet a need at different times. But but when you think about the history of radio and its utilization in missions, a lot has changed mm-hmm. since the 30s, the 50s, and even since 2000 when Bible FM went on the air in New Guinea. So with those vast changes in technology and now your 20 years of experience in utilizing radio as a tool for getting the gospel around the world, how is it that you think that radio continues to be relevant for the spread of the gospel and particularly in a missions context? Well, uh, radio becomes, uh, I think, can have the enigma uh, as time goes on of a compact disc. Like, oh, CD? Really? You guys are still using CDs, (laughs) you know, or still using eight tracks? And and that's just a fact. That's the way, that's the way mediums work. uh, Because as, as time flies forward, we forget what's, what was behind us. But radio has had that backseat since TV uh, debuted, color TV in like the fifties. And so radio is extremely robust. It's, it's, uh, it's seen the rise and fall of, uh, of a lot of things. And it is still here. So radio is definitely enduring. And, I, and there's a couple reasons for that. Uh, radio doesn't do the thinking for you. Radio is an imaginative medium. Uh, television, video, internet, they are programming the, the viewer. And they're having to leave nothing to the imagination almost. Uh, they have to think of ways to engage the listener in imagination with plot or uh, with what they're not showing you on the camera, things like that. Radio, it's all imagination. So it is the interactive medium. And because it is such, because it doesn't demand all of your senses being trained on a device, it is the medium that, um, that can be in the background. Uh, and you don't have to have data. And, you know, so there's efficiencies. There's a lot of things where radio trumps a lot of these other things. Now, it has fallen out of popularity in a lot of things, uh, a lot of circles. Uh, but to me, the, the bottom line for radio is the bottom line. People say, well, anybody listen to radio? Uh, I tell people, well, you go try and buy an ad on an AM station carrying Rush Limbaugh and you come back and tell me how cheap it is. Oh, <laughs> somebody's uh, listening. <laughs> some, somebody is listening. They cannot charge those prices if there are not those listeners. And even yeah, on, a, right. on the most listened to country and Western station, the most listened to rock and roll station, people still do listen to radio. Now the, the numbers are down. There's no doubt about that. You can't argue with that, but that that's in America. And it would be a little bit behind that curve in my estimation overseas somewhat. Now, cell phones and, 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 uh, social media and those things are, are, it's like a huge wave in the third world. I mean, you go to the Philippines just in the last four years, the difference in the Philippines uh, I mean, people sitting beside the road, every single one of them, I mean, through the night are looking down and the glow of a cell phone coming up on their face. These people are consuming content at, at such a, an alarming and rapid rate uh, from a device. Uh, and when you're doing that, you're not listening to radio typically. Now, there is some effect to where uh, some of that could be radio as well because cell phones overseas do have FM radio tuners built in and activated where they are not activated in the United States. Um, so a lot of people listen on their cell phone, believe it or not overseas. Uh, but so that, that dynamic is there and it's, it's going to, uh, it's going to progress along those lines. I would say this, if you have content that is so well done and artistically done and professionally done, and has content that is spirit-filled and, and based on the truth, that in and of itself is such an attractant that it could be, lead to a revival of a person's listening to radio. In other words, if your content is so good and somebody heard it on the radio and they tell a friend, they tell a friend, they tell a friend, it doesn't matter what you're on. If you're on a, a guy with a, a sign out, out in front of a, of a Walmart 
if that content reaches people, content is king. So we fo- we focus a lot on the medium, and we need to at some level, but I think we just need to focus on bringing it. Let's get some spirit-filled preaching. Let's get some creative people who are who are uh, right with God and involved in their local ministry and called of God to do this. And um, I think whether you have an FM radio station, even an AM radio station, I you can see a tremendous harvest through these forms of mass communication. And, and brother, I would say I would say this that. <clears throat> Because we're transitioning into a lot of these things, the types of studios that we like to fabricate. In fact, I'm sitting at one right now. It's kind of a prototype I'm doing for the Philippines. It's a it's a beautiful round desk that we we custom fabricated here. Um, it's walnut. It's got all the controls in front of us. Um, it has this sense of uh, of of visual optics as well. And so every radio studio that we do can double as a podcast studio, can double as a YouTube studio, can double as a TV studio. So literally independent Baptist media, when we come in and try and and craft something for the local church to use or the missionary to use or the Christian to use, it has triple, quadruple, quintuplet duty. Uh, basically right, right. any of these things, you could, I could produce a video and I have in this room on this desk um, that, that has, uh, challenge people about missions or or i've edited a video last night on this machine uh that was my daughter talking about good news about america and she's talking about um uh, you know good facts about america and slavery because people are so down in america right now uh and i'm using the same product to do multiple mass communications things for the sake of the gospel and I think we have to think in those terms a little bit more because it might not just be radio. It might, might have to be internet radio. It might have to be. But once you're creating the content, content is king. Uh, you just need a place to create the content. And that is actually the lesser of the two things. You need a, a place and equipment. Those, those things are down on the list. The biggest thing, brother, the by, by far and away is laborers. You need somebody who's, who's dedicated to the Lord and creative and, uh, and producing. And so many people talk about this. I know people that have studios that have spent, you would not believe, tens of thousands of dollars and don't produce one thing. Well, I want to get to the the subject of labors and the partnerships that have that have developed between independent Baptist media and some people that really some some visionary type of missionaries around the world. Um, but before we get there, I want to, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about some of the other projects that you worked on around the world. So you got started with Bible FM back in 2000 and brother, I, I, I read a lot of prayer letters, um, Mm -hmm. really every week. And I am seeing independent Baptist media pop up. I mean, all over the, all over the world. And, and it's, it's really curious because, uh, and, and among, among missionaries that that actually are not that, that you wouldn't even think necessarily would would be uh, interrelated. Certainly, they're n- not always their fields aren't always interrelated. Mm-hmm. Their mission boards aren't always interrelated. But uh, IBM's getting is is getting their is getting the name out there and making the, the the what you do available in a lot of places. So, what are some what are some of the other radio project projects that you worked on? Around the world, tell our listeners. Well, I'll say this uh, too, as I as I give this answer, we have the privilege, the high privilege. We're just literally, I'm the I'm the son of a, of a Catholic electrician. I was a bus kid. Uh, this is our high honor to work with these guys. We work with with some of the best uh, people on planet Earth and missionaries of our time. I really, really believe that. And uh, I just just to just to work with them is an absolute privilege and joy. Um, but. God's opened up doors around the world. Uh, Brother Rick Martin in in the Philippines, uh, we do quite a bit of work uh, with uh, with Dr. Martin, Iloilo Baptist Church, and we're expanding uh, their small group of stations into a, a nationwide network. It's called Project 7107, and uh, at project7107.com is a video that kind of describes that. But God has just buoyed that project along. I am not a fundraiser. I don't like to talk about money. Uh, I tell people we need it, but I don't, I don't make a bunch of meetings and try and raise a bunch of funds, but God has brought in the money for that so far. We've got, I think six or seven stations on the air right now in the Philippines. And I've got right behind me, I've got, uh, 
I think seven transmitters and I've got a roll of coax and I've got the antennas for uh, five or six more. I just got to get back there. Uh, so God is. Yeah. And, and brother, I was, I was reading, I, I was just reviewing like it's the, the potential in the Philippines mm-hmm. is just staggering. Yes. Uh, when you talk about the Kazon city and, and CDO and, and, uh, all, all of these different cities we're talking about, we're talking about populations in some cases of a million and a half to, to 3 million people yes. um, and, and radio that is going to be available to, to virtually all of these people. It, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a tremendous, tremendous potential that you have with, with the, the expansion of the work. Most of these Filipinos are so savvy. And so we, we try and get them started on the tool and, and try and help them do it right. And hey, listen, let's put a wire tie here. Let's try and ground this. That's a novel idea. You know, we're, <laughs> we're trying to take them up out of the third world mentality of just bailing wire and drywall screws and duct tape. And But once they get that concept, now they've got this tool. And so it's not just about the radio then. And then it's it's about they're doing Facebook Live and they're doing revival services and they're they're doing all these things. They really take the bull by the horns and just kind of go bananas with it. And so we've seen great fruit uh, in the Philippines. So uh, back to the guys that we're able to work with, Brother Rick Martin's been great. And some of these nationals, I can't tell you the amount of respect I have for some of these Filipino nationals that have been serving for decades. And literally, they went to Bible college at Brother Martin's or another uh, missionary's Bible uh, institute. And uh, year after year, in in humility and oftentimes poverty, these guys have have scratched uh, out a, a, a church and, and raised funds for a building, and they have an orchestra. They have their own little Bible institute, and you're sure. like, it's 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 really humbling to see their faithfulness, and it flies in the face of a lot of uh, you know d- you know depressing things people say about the work of the Lord today. When you see things like that, so in the Absolutely. Philippines, we've been privileged to work with Brother Martin. In 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 Africa, we've been uh, just just I just talked to him this morning. Uh, uh, Keith Stensis, we do a lot of work with Keith. Keith's a really good friend and just a premier min, uh, missionary there in Masaka, Uganda. Uh, he's been there for I think twenty four years or something. And uh, we've I can't tell you how many times we've gone and remodeled his studio and redone his transmitter and this type of thing. We do a lot of work with Keith. And we do a lot of video work for him as well. We just did his, his furlough video and things like that. So uh, working with great missionaries like that. Um, and then there's another um, fellow. His name is George Zaris. And Brother Zaris was a pastor in Aurora, Illinois. Uh, and God kind of directed him to buy some radio stations in, in Kentucky. And he did. And it was just turbulent times there. But he was learning radio. And then God directed him to kind of take it to the world. So he sold those radio stations and began to try and initiate radio stations around the world. And his ministry is called Christian Radio International. And um, it was through him and he partners with Brother Edgar Fagali, uh, which does a lot of work in the Middle East and in like Northern Africa. So some of our stations are with Christian Radio International. And uh, Brother Zaris is just a gem of a man to work with. I think he's had two strokes and he is an absolute zealot for the gospel. He has not slowed down a bit. He can't remember half of what he wants to, but he just keeps going and he keeps, keeps just, I mean, just a a blessing to work with. We were just in Florida last week working on a Spanish studio that Lord willing will feed via the internet terrestrial radio stations throughout Latin America. And, uh, so we're, we're working on that. We built the desk, we took it there, installed everything and are training them and they're loading the music now. So, uh, those are great men to work with on that, on that, uh, regard, brother Fergali, uh, worked with him several times. Um, uh, what a blessing. And, and we work with a lot of printing ministries. We work with Victory Baptist Press in Milton, Florida. Just spent some time yes. there uh, doing some video work with them. Um, we do a lot of work with uh, Bearing Precious Seed uh, as far as video videography for their projects in First Bible International. Um, it's just a great privilege. And, and I look and I'm like, man, I just can't believe these guys are calling us to help. And, and uh, they say, do you want to help us? And I say, yes, we do. Um, but um you know, uh, trying to think who else around the world that, oh, brother Jerry Wyatt, uh, in Tanzania, just, uh, just doing a bang up job there. He's a second generation missionary, uh, in Tanzania, uh, speaks fluent Swahili and has a very effective ministry there. And literally radio, it reaches the entire town, but that's probably, this is probably one of the only cases it's like this. 
radio may not be his biggest ministry there. He has so many other things going. Uh, hmm. He has, does a stadium crusade every single year in his town where he has two professional teams play an exhibition game. And he reaches <laughs> so many people through that event every year. It's phenomenal. Um, so uh, working with guys like that, you know, the busiest guys are the guys that somehow who don't have time somehow <laughs> will have the time. Sure. Uh, sure. But the guys who are like, well, I don't, you know, you know, I got a small work and, you know, and they have literally the ultimate time you do a radio station for them and nothing will happen with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's the deal. I guess your, your ministry is really more about the, the upstart, at least in, in establishing the radio Definitely. station, there's a continual partnership, I guess, but you're the guy that's building the towers, you're installing the studios, you're putting together the hardware. And so if the, if the ministry is going to go, it's, it's really going to be on the, on the missionary to make it go hundred um, percent and, and to work it. I say it like um, this brother, I say, I tell people I'm not the Pope of radio. And I mean that <laughs> because I, I really believe in the concept of a local church. I'm not going to be your overlord. Well, my point Amen. is God's called me to try and initiate, uh, things and to try and equip you with a tool. How you use the tool is up to you. And if sure. you use the tool, is up to you. And as far as I'm concerned, once once I leave, you're going to have to give answer to God for the tool that you have now. Now, if you want help beyond that, like you know, like guys like Keith Stensis and these guys, they have continued the relationship after the fact. Hey, brother, what about this? And what what we need to do with this? And and we we go back and forth. I will give people the ultimate amount of time. But if they say, you know, I got this, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm riding my bike without training wheels, and uh, leave me alone, Dad. Yeah, okay. You, you know, hands yeah. off. So, but sure. that's kind of, I, I could never, we're, you know, we're such a small shop. It's, it's our, it's our family right now. And, um, so I, I could never, you know, supervise all of the things people say, well, what are they, what are they doing there? What I'm like, you know, that you have to ask them what, <laughs> what they're doing with their music and things like that. We try and really, really try and work with people we can trust. Uh, sure. but I am not their policeman. And so, sure. uh, it's a great, it's a great thing that way though, because it's, um, it takes the pressure off us and we just, we can help a lot of people. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's the way, a an independent Baptist should operate. Uh, you know, I'm not Lords over God's heritage just because I helped you. Doesn't mean I, I own rights to your blah, 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 or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. Hey, it's, it's gotta be local church or it's not going to be lasting. Yeah. Um, now, so on your part, can, can you walk me through and, 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 uh, keep in mind that I am a non-technical type of guy. <laughs> this is about mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, recording a podcast is right at the outer edge of my technical ability. But once you, once a partnership develops between independent Baptist media and a foreign missionary, wherever that field may be, You've already mentioned some of the uh, some of the equipment that's on hand right in the studio that you're recording this from, and and you you've made reference to some of the things that you do. But what is it what does it take to establish a radio station from the first contact with the missionary to the first broadcast on the airwaves? Walk us through that process. Yes, sir. I would say the um, I would say the most important thing is licensure, uh, and so if if people have uh, have a desire but no license, it's a no-go. If people have right. equipment and no license, it's a no-go. You've got to get permission from your governing body, from your FCC, quote-unquote, in that country. And uh, that's the most difficult quagmire because uh, any it's like when you are dealing with these governments, um, Imagine your experience at the Department of Motor Vehicles, and it's 10 times worse. It's just oh, yeah. people are Absolutely. so unmotivated and unqualified. Right. These people have no business having the job they have. They don't know anything about radio or communications. They're there because their uncle is the prime minister. I mean, that's mm -hmm. – and so you, you're dealing with this type of sluggish, uh, you know, environment. Uh, so that literally that's the biggest miracle. So – that's what I, I always tell missionary. They want, I want a radio station. I could see, man, we could reach our city. I'm like, yes, sir. I, I can dream with you. And, and let's, let's get excited about this, but brother, let's, let's get on the license. Um, <laughs> right. and, first things first. And, uh, or and some, some people have actually let licenses fall through. And that just is maddening to me. 
Uh, if oh. somebody will ha- has had a license or like, you know, I don't think, and more, I kind of got, we didn't, we, I don't think we can raise the money for this. And, and I've seen opportunities lost that will, it just makes, makes my blood boil. Um, or people that had a station, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm coming home. I'm just going to shut it down. And I, I'm like, I, I don't understand that philosophy. I don't understand that thinking. <laughs> you have a beachhead for the gospel and you didn't have enough faith to, you know, keep it going or to give at least let somebody else try. <laughs> so sure. anyways, license is most important. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we'd say power tower location. Uh, we have a lot of those uh, issues in the Philippines, power tower location. So power, you've got to have consistent power. If not, you've got to achieve, achieve it by, you know, solar or hydro or wind. And that just gets astronomical in price. Uh, just because of the batteries and the maintenance on those things. Uh, so if you can have clean power and then just do maybe a backup generator or a, a, a large UPS system, that's going to be best. And so if you're in the middle of nowhere, power is difficult. So power tower, uh, the, t- the tower is um, so many people, you know, we're talking and it's going great. And then we show up and, oh, we put a tower up. I'm like, oh, no. And we get there and there's just this, I mean, I've climbed some towers, brother, that's made out of, you know, drain pipe and literally like line you would put, uh, uh, you know, stretch, stretch your clothes on your backyard. And, uh, so God has preserved us in all that, but a quality tower is also a difficult uh, scenario there and location because FM is line of sight. If you can get out of a hole. So if you're in this little valley by a river and everything else is higher, you got to get out of there. If you have a, a location, you know, a kilometer outside of town that has some elevation. Now we're talking, and if they've got good power there and we can put a good tower up, those are kind of the basic things along with the license. And then you get all of that ready. And, and then God always brings about the funding. I don't know, somehow um, that's literally the lowest thing on the list as far as, you know, God, where God guides, he provides, I guess. And so, but that, that comes and we can get the equipment there. And then comes the largest, the largest hurdle, uh, by far and away is somebody to run it. Um, right, somebody right. who's creative, somebody who's, who's again, like on fire for the Lord and, uh, who's faithful and, uh, you've got, you got to have somebody to run it. it. It, you can have microphones and computers and speakers and headphones and transmitters and coax and antenna and location and tower. But if nobody is there to get behind the microphone and talk and edit the sermons so they can go on at the proper time and craft the music. And, and uh, so it's the right kind of music and it's exciting. And you, if nobody's doing that, you, you know, people, people have Pandora, you know, uh, <laughs> right. And the difference is your personalization of that radio station. The difference is local and live. And if you're, if you have nobody to be local and live, uh, there will be no listeners. So you can have all those tools, and you're just going to be, yeah, we're on the air. We're, we're reaching this potential listening audience, but nobody's listening because you haven't, it, it's reciprocal. It's like, uh, somebody told me in Bible college about a bus route. You get out of it, what you put into it. So if you're visiting on that bus route for, uh, you know, one hour a week, or you're visiting 10 hours a week, you're, you're going to see the difference between one sure. hour a week of visiting or 10 hours a week of visiting. And it's the same thing, of uh, with a radio station. If you're putting an hour a week into it. And I look, it's all automated. It's awesome. Well, you're going to have an automated listening audience that's walking out the automatic door. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So. Now you're not, um, you, you, as you mentioned, you're not micromanaging these, these radio stations, you're helping with the upstart and then they're in the hands of, of either the missionary or the missionary and the national leadership there. But I am wondering, you know, anecdotally in terms of, of how you might, um, gauge some of the fruit of these efforts. Can, can you think of any outstanding examples of listener feedback that's filtered back to you from the missionaries you've worked with of how God is actually using in the trenches, on the fields, how God is using these, uh, this radio programming to get the gospel to people and change, and change the lives of sinners and saints? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, over the years, uh, there have been a lot of different testimonies that kind of you know, come to the top. We don't, we don't get as many testimonies back as I'd like just because everybody's busy. 
Uh, but every once in a while I'll quiz somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, this just happened. I'm like, man, you should have told me that. <laughs> yeah, right. So if right. I'm asking, I get, I get a lot more than if I don't ask. Uh, Rick Martin told me that, um, they had the mayor of Iloilo. This was a, a mayor like a term ago. And he was a very successful mayor of this, their town. Now Iloilo sounds like, what is it like 10 people in that village? But it's like, I think a town of 300,000 people. Uh, oh, it's a pretty okay. good size city. And, um, the mayor of Iloilo there at the time was responsible for a new, uh, like industrial park and commercial park where they brought a new mall in and developed it. It looks, it's like you're in Los Angeles. It's beautiful. This guy was very forward thinking, developing the streets, keeping crime down. Anyway, somebody told him that the mayor was listening to the anchor, the radio station there. And, uh, so he had the mayor in to speak for a political day and the mayor comes in and he's, uh, he, he kind of asks some of the staff, he's like, Hey, does, uh, does the mayor listen to our radio station? He's like, Oh, and the staff are like, yes, he listens. He, he makes us tune it in when we get, when he get, gets in the car in the morning. And as soon as he gets to the office, he makes us turn it on then. And so wow. the, the mayor's giving his testimony during the church service on a Sunday morning before like, you know, 2,500 people in the auditorium. And he's like, listen, I, I listen to this Christian radio station. And if you don't listen, you need to listen and you need to do what I did. I heard this <laughs> verse and this verse and this verse. And he starts like going through the Romans road. And he says, and I trusted Jesus Christ as my savior. And you need to do that too. And, Amazing. And so that was really encouraging to hear someone of influence. Uh, they, and they've also had, you know, humble stories from that very same radio station of Muslims coming to Christ. Like a Muslim lady um, was listening for a long time and she, she uh, called in to say that she had trusted Christ uh, because of that radio station uh, in, um, in Liberia. Uh, the, the uh, Liberty Radio there in, in Liberia, uh, the former prime minister there of the entire country said her favorite radio station was Liberty Radio. Uh, she oh, used to wow. love to listen to Unshackled and things like that. Um, they've had that radio stations had former child soldiers who were in their civil war that were just a mess. Uh, they, they've come to Christ uh, listening to, um, to that radio station. Um, Brother Keith Stensis has had great, uh, great results with churches being planted because of radio people will begin listening and then they kind of create like a uh, uh almost like a, a small cell group of people gathered around the radio on sundays and then eventually one of their preacher boys will go out and start a church because oh, that's of that's really exciting isn't it yeah it, it is and he, there's also been um uh, during those same ministries there in and around uganda uh, several of the pastors of the churches were reached through radio uh, in fact, um, uh, Keith's dad's station, his, his, uh, Keith's mom used to have a radio program called uh, tea time for ladies. And this one fella kept listening to tea time for ladies and got saved listening to tea time for ladies. <laughs> and <laughs> you never <he's>, know. <laughs> and he's the pastor of the church today. And so, oh, wow. uh, it was much to the chagrin of the missionary that he wasn't listening to his program, but, um, <laughs> you know, radio is really as powerful in that way because, and, and, and it's, you know, the principles, but when you, when you hear testimony of the principles coming to fruition, it's a blessing, but faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so yes. that is literally the motivating principle behind all verbal communication through whatever media, uh, or whatever medium and radio is it to me comes to mind as one of the best and most efficient dollar for dollar investments to fulfill that the possibility for the great commission of faith cometh by hearing. Amen. And so, yeah. And I would even say, you know, we could, I guess it could be debated the, the effect of radio and, and, um, how other technologies are competing with radio. But as you, you sort of brushed up against it earlier, in many ways, radio is a superior medium because mm -hmm. the emphasis is on the auditory. And mm -hmm. that is uh, God communicates through words, not through images, but through words. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, 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 it's, it's faith cometh, as you say, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's, uh, it's sure exciting to hear how the word of God's going out in a place like the Philippines or Uganda or Liberia and just having a powerful effect on those that listen. 
So going forward now, I mean, so much has been accomplished over these last 20 years. And as I mentioned, it seems like independent Baptist media for me is just popping up uh, more and more on, on the radar as far as uh, some, some doors the Lord's opening. What is your vision for radio going forward? And I, and I would actually, I don't know at what liberty you are to, to speak of these things, but you mentioned working with, uh, with Brother Figali in some very sensitive places, uh, reaching, trying to reach Muslims in North Africa and, mm-hmm. and, and other places. And, um, I have read that you're, that you're interested in, in perhaps, perhaps the Lord is opening some doors in the Middle East even. So what mm-hmm. are some things that you feel like are, are, uh, in the future for independent Baptist media? And in particular, how do you see yourself utilizing radio in some of these hard to reach places? Well, radio can transcend borders, and radio can go where uh, a lot of people uh, can't physically go. And in a lot of these uh, places that you mentioned, you could pass out a lot of tracks uh, if, if, if you dared, but there's a good chance that a lot of the people couldn't read the tracks because they've been kept in an illiterate state because education's not not lifted up in these places and sure. they can't read and they would be publicly shamed that people aren't going to take a stand for Christ who don't know Christ. Right. Uh, and so if you have a lost person, he's not going to say, I am going to stand up for the Lord. And I don't even know the Lord by taking this gospel literature. So radio does kind of answers both of those concerns. Radio people can listen in the privacy of their own home without anybody knowing and radio. You don't have to learn to read to hear the radio. And so we're seeing that that is important um, in these frontline places. We have permission to put a radio station in Marawi City, Philippines. Marawi City, if you look it up in the news, there was a huge battle fought there. ISIS uh, had infiltrated the area. Uh, many dead people, uh, m- I mean, many soldiers were killed. Many, uh, It was just a mess. And it, martial law is still uh, declared there. There's a huge university there. And if you go into Marawi city, I think it's, it's like 85% Muslim and it's just like you're in a bombed out area of Baghdad. I mean, it looks just like it. Um, uh, I had, we had to get military escort to go downtown. The entire downtown, the entire old city has been evacuated. So everybody lives in the periphery of the city. Um, and we have permission to put a Christian radio station there. Um, Amen. so we're just kind of trying to work out the logistics. I pretty much have all the gear for it. We're just trying to work out, okay, where are we going to host this? How are we going to, how are we going to feed this? Uh, so pray for that. That would be a, a huge opportunity to kind of, um, you know, push back the frontiers of darkness, so to speak. Um, we have three radio stations in Iraq that we we've worked with over the years. We have permission, I think for, for three more, some of those will be pushing content across borders, uh, Lord willing. Uh, but the problem right now is the, um, there's, uh, there's been some problems with licensure and fees there. Uh, and I think it has to do with, uh, maybe influences that need funding and trying to be sensitive here. But at the end of the day, uh, they have taken us off the air, uh, until we pay fees that are, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's never been done before. And so we need to pray that the Iraq project can go forward and that we can get, uh, uh, get the, those fees cared for and solved and uh, negotiated. Uh, that's a big, big prayer request. But Iraq has so much potential, and there's been a lot of fruit in that area uh, as well. And they're doing a lot of streaming and multi-purposing in their studios as well, not just doing uh, uh, terrestrial radio. Um, we've uh, got a station in uh, South Sudan. The funding is there for that. As soon as the quarantine and things are lifted, they should be pretty much ready for tower and installation right there in Juba, South Sudan. That'll reach the entire capital of the world's newest country. Um, We've got uh, work we're uh, planning and working uh, in Cameroon. Um, And uh, that's a very exciting project. Again, very volatile area. Um, Lots of infighting because of different uh, ethnic and language groups there. But uh, we're praying for a, a national license uh, for the missionary there. Uh, they've had some hints that it might be possible, but there's nothing official there yet. But when that happens, I think God will open that door wide open in Cameroon. 
So working hard uh, there. And then we've had burdens for years, the burden for years to get into Latin America. We've done a radio station in Peru. We've done a radio station in um, Chiapas, uh, Mexico. But uh, we'd really like to see more Christian radio in Latin America. They they are really responsive uh, as a culture to radio. And so uh, we'd like to do more of that. And so Brother Zaris and Christian Radio International and Independent Baptist Media are working together to try and uh, get radio stations established there. And so that's something that's on the forefront. And in the Philippines, we could literally, you know, if we had more laborers in our ministry, we could we could have two or three or four dedicated to the Philippines for the next 10 years. Um, We've got, uh, we've got unlimited permission to put as many Christian radio stations uh, as, as there are frequencies and TV stations. Uh, We haven't even touched the television side of things yet. So um, that's just a huge opportunity to reach an entire nation uh, through local church ministries. And so uh, I, I really am fearful, though, that we could let this opportunity slip through our hands. And I've seen opportunities work like that over the years, like, oh, man, look at that. We can do this. We can do this. If we could just, and then people stop talking about it, people lose momentum. And then years later, it's like, man, you know, they never really did much with that. And you're like, how sure. how does that even happen? Uh, so uh, I don't want to be uh, at the, at the, uh, the helm here and, and have opportunities lost like that. So, um, those are some of the projects we're working on in between. We're doing a lot of video work and, and helping churches with streaming and and things like that. Amen. Well, it sounds like there's some tremendous opportunities, some, some great and effectual open doors. Um, the labors are few and I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you'd be excited to see the, the ministry continue to expand before we wind up the conversation. You made, you made a brief reference to it there. Um, the ministry of independent Baptist media has expanded in, in, as you, as you mentioned, not just, not just in radio, but in other areas, audio, video, and gra- graphics and so forth, assisting local churches. You've got some other men that are, that are working in relation to independent Baptist media, brother Damon, brother Cody helping out from, uh, different projects. So, um, how do you see that, uh, how has the ministry of IBM expanded over the years to, to help churches in the in-between time with radio still as the staple? Yeah, I think, uh, we, at independent apps media, we try and keep a, um, a prioritization. And, uh, at this point, anything like radio and mass communication of the gospel trumps everything else. So if, if what we do helps you get the gospel out, that's, that's, we want to be involved in it. If it's any type of a, uh, a discipline within media from, you know, a website to designing a tract to making a video to making a furlough video, those are all kind of directly linked to getting the gospel out, but radio, because it's mass communication trumps it all. So in other words, if I'm scheduled to come to your church and put a sound system in, that's awesome. I'll do that to help you out and hopefully it'll help me out get down the road. But if Rick Martin calls and said, man, we got four stations off the air. You need to come. I'm going to cancel. I'm going to cancel your meeting and try and reschedule it. Uh, and so that's kind of how we, we work our, our, our idea and our expansion. Hey, in between stuff, we'll help you do all these things. Uh, and because we believe in it and we believe in getting your message out there. And we believe, like you say, sometimes we're last to the party. There's no reason for that. There's no reason we ought not to be, leveraging the the best uh god's not broke and he never has been and and even in temporary temporary uh examples in the scriptures everybody knew the tabernacle was temporary it was a tent but it was made of the absolute finest substances that they could come up with at the time the finest goat hair and the finest you know sockets of gold and silver and and brass and overlaid you know all this stuff and it was temporary sure. because it was for God. And, and so I think, listen, let's put our best foot forward. Let's, let's find, let's get a great microphone. Let's get an awesome camera and let's teach somebody how to use it. And let's prepare, let's write a script. Oh my word, that would be blowing people's minds. So let's, you know, and let's, and let's do all these things, uh, to the glory of God and for the sake of the great commission and to see people come to Christ and see the ministry go forward. And so we're going to do all those little things. But if, if radio calls, that's definitely where our, our, 
our priority is because I think, listen, I can take one microphone and talk to a potential listening audience of hundreds of thousands or millions. That's where I'm going to make sure that I, I, I try and prioritize that. Sure, sure. Well, amen, brother. It is, it's exciting to see what's on the horizon for independent Baptist media. Um, on my part, I, I really believe in radio. I, I don't think it's going anywhere. It may, you know, it, it, it may be its relevance may, its exposure may fluctuate as different technologies compete with, with ears and so forth. And, and even with eyes, but I think radio is here to stay. And I think it can be used even more effectively uh, in the in in some third world countries than it is even here in the states, and mm-hmm. so it's exciting to see that uh, that medium utilized for the expansion of the gospel. And so I appreciate what you're doing, Brother Sharp. I appreciate uh, Independent Baptist Media, and it's exciting to I'm excited to see what will develop in the years to come. Um, you you've you guys are tech savvy. Obviously, this is what you do. How can our listeners learn more about the ministry of Independent Baptist Media and keep up with your efforts around the world? Is there there's some place they can go to learn more? Sure, IBMRadio.com is our is our website. Um, you can also uh, if you're on on Facebook, we have a a Facebook page there with some followers and we try and, you know, clip prayer requests up there. And if we have a video that, uh, you know, is talking about a, uh, a review from a recent project, I try and I, I just enjoy cameras and pictures and stuff like that. So I try and post pictures throughout our trips and I'll try and do a review after we get back of most trips that we do. So that's, Amen. and you can see prayer requests and stuff like that there. Well, Brother Sharp, I sure appreciate your time. Thank you for what you're doing with Independent Baptist Media, and thanks for telling us about it today. Brother Lee, I sure appreciate you, and keep up the good work, and uh, God bless the listeners. I hope that you've enjoyed the interview today with Brother Gene Sharp. If this or any other of these Great Commission conversations have provoked you to think about missions or helped to inform your view and burden of the Great Commission— then it certainly serves to illustrate the fact that the digital transmission of recorded audio can be an effective means to reach people with ideas and resources that are profitable to the work of missions. I'm especially appreciative of the way in which so much of independent Baptist media's outreach is in conjunction with Bible-believing missionaries who are planting local Baptist churches around the world. And I believe strongly that the medium of radio is an implicitly more effective platform than other more visually driven forms of media. These are among the reasons that I can get excited about radio planting around the world and its biblical role in facilitating the basic work of evangelism, discipleship, and church planting, seeing that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Thanks again for tuning in to today's Great Commission Conversation. You can subscribe to this program wherever you receive your podcasts. And if it's been a blessing to you, feel free to invite others to tune in as well. I always welcome your feedback about this or any of our programs. You can contact me, Brother Lee, by email at greatcommissionconversations at gmail.com. Until next time, let's do what we can to preach the gospel in the regions beyond.